You are listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Top of the morning to you. On this Super Bowl Monday, we hope you enjoyed the game. How the heck are you? Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Thanks so much for being with us. A dynasty, back-to-back. Who knows how many he and they are going to win. Chiefs do it again. At the Niners' expense, again. Longest Super Bowl in history. Will probably be the highest-rated Super Bowl in history. I mean, a damn near a full fifth quarter. I, I mean, usually games peak late. Uh, tough to imagine, Mark, that more people have watched any other Super Bowl. But how the heck are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, congratulations to the Chiefs. What you said is correct. They are a dynasty. It was a great fourth quarter. It was a fun overtime. And Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things. Getting it done for the Chiefs. I picked the 49ers. Everybody that walked up to me and asked me, who you like in the Super Bowl? I said, "Go! I like the 49ers. Go the other way. Come on now. No, I said it to a bunch of people, and I'm watching that game. You know, I'd like to be right once in a while, but you just, as it was said early on in the Twitch chat room, never bet against Mahomes. We'll never know how the game would have played out if they had not botched the extra point. If they had taken the tying field goals out of the equation, would the Chiefs, in fact, have scored the touchdown to go ahead of the Niners late? on any one of those final two drives. We'll never know. Niners special teams came back to bite them. They also got banged up during the game. And a controversial coaching decision. Taking the ball to start overtime when each team is going to get the ball once. Tony Romo said, Maybe he did it because he thought his defense was gassed and they needed a break. But clearly, it put them at a disadvantage because, A, even if they had scored a touchdown, Mahomes and the Chiefs know, well, it's four-down territory where the Niners were driving and it was three-down territory. And are we going to gamble on fourth down? Where with the Chiefs, there was no good. Like, Mark... Let's just humor me here. The Niners kick off. Remember the first three plays the Chiefs run in overtime? They've got fourth and half a yard. They're trailing by three. It's a no-brainer. Of course they're going to go for it. They have to. The game's over. What if it was tied? What if it was the first possession of overtime? Fourth and a foot. I mean, you don't get it. It's over. I mean, you, you when as you're going for it, you, so do you think Andy Reid and the Chiefs go for fourth and half a yard if it was the first possession of overtime and the game was tied at 19? We'll never know. 
I was stunned they took the ball based on the way the game had been going. But to Tony Romo's point, defenses are gassed. Do you want to give them a break or do you want to just put them out there so you know how you're going to play in your offense? And to me, knowing is everything at that point of the game. You have the you have all the information. And he chose to take the ball and give Andy Reid all the information. Mm-hmm. Also, and listen, the, the point, there's no doubt that the Niners defense, you know, both defenses are tired. Everybody was tired at the end of the Super Bowl. But they had a good five minutes of real time in between the Chiefs drive to kick the field goal, because remember, then the Chiefs had to kick off with three seconds to go. The Niners had to kneel down. You know, then we went to overtime. We First, we went to commercial. You know, then we coin toss. I mean, it was five minutes before the Chiefs kicked off. A good five actual minutes. I mean, at that stage of the game, you know, is the Niners' defense going to get untired? Or are they pretty much a fighter in the late rounds? So, you know, that'll be Kyle Shanahan. Listen, when you're on the losing end of a close Super Bowl, everything you do gets questioned. And also the fact that he was a part of two other Super Bowls where he was calling plays for teams that had double-digit fourth-quarter leads and lost. And now he's being criticized because they had a double-digit late second-quarter lead and lost. I think it's a little unfair. But you can question him taking the ball to start overtime. And I would have sent my tired defense back out there and said, guys, sorry, I got to do this. Suck it up, hold them to three, we can win this thing. Yep. But... Did you have the feeling in the first half when the Niners were really outplaying them, dominating the line of scrimmage, and they weren't putting points on the board? Did you have a feeling as it was playing out going, yeah, this is going to come back and haunt them. They should be up bigger than this. Like when it was 10-3 at the half, I got to admit, that felt like a 17-3 first half to me. It really did, and I don't know if I—I I don't think I said it out loud that they were going to come back and get them, but they left points on the board in the first half. I mean, that first drive—I mean, first four plays of the game, forty-eight yards, and then McCaffrey fumbles. Now I know that the Chiefs then fumbled inside the ten, also, but you know we're talking about the Niners here. I mean, they were just carving up the Chiefs that first drive. And the Chiefs were doing nothing. There's four minutes to go in the first half, and you're having trouble remembering Chiefs' first downs. But that's where I thought, because we had seen this game play out four years earlier. I mean, Niners had a 2010 lead going to, going to the fourth. And I'm thinking to myself, man, you gotta, you gotta get the Chiefs in a hole. They put that graphic, uh, for what it's worth, by the way. I thought CBS graphics were great 
and they, they had a new graphics package. It looked different. I love their graphics. I thought they did a great job not overloading us with information, and the graphics were very pertinent. And, you know, when they pointed out that, ah, yeah, Mahomes trailing in the playoffs, he's 5-1. and one. I mean, that was just kind of letting us know second quarter. Eh, most teams, this is a real problem. This team eh, got, gets their attention. Thought they had to get him by more than 10. You know, even at 10 nothing, I thought the next score was huge. And obviously, Kansas City getting the field goal, getting the ball to start the second half, you're like, okay. It's a, it's a one-score game. And I thought Kansas City had to figure out a way to to get one more score in that first half, and they couldn't they couldn't do it. Also, why did Kyle Shanahan not use his timeouts on defense in the final minute of that first half? I don't understand that at all. I mean, could have gotten the ball back with at least 40 seconds left and one or two timeouts. I didn't understand that at all. It was kind of like, eh, whatever they do here, three or seven, I'm good with it. We'll take the lead into the locker room. Uh, playing Mahomes and the Chiefs, man. Points, you might want to try to get as many points as you can. Just saying. Plus, the way those kickers were kicking the ball, I mean, damn near every kickoff went through the uprights. I mean, you know, they both made their 50-plus-yard field goals, you know. Butker made his from 57 off a bad snap. You know, it was a Tiger two iron, okay, through the uprights. But the other guy, man, he was he was crushing the ball, at least until the extra point. Extra point and a botched punt return. Can't have multiple mistakes on special teams. No, that's, uh, that's eight points. That's eight points that the Niners special teams gave the uh, gave the Chiefs. Probably the difference in the game. But how about them Chiefs, huh? What's this, the worst team they've had in their last six years? They've gone to six straight AFC championship games. Can we argue? Is this the, it's certainly their worst offense. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> it did. Uh, Kelsey's getting a lot of heat for steamrolling Andy Reid there. <laughs> you know, the Swifties are, are fearful that that's his real personality now and that's who she's going to have to deal with. We'll worry about that a different day. Uh, but <laughs> you can kind of see why Kelsey guy's getting all mad at, at Andy Reid. He's basically like, listen, it's me and Mahomes, okay? That's it. That's all you got. Don't Don't screw this up. I'm playing every play. Do you get it? Yeah. Okay. Not only that, every time you take me out of the game, you're telling the Niners we're going to run the ball. Leave me in. I can block. I can fake it. (laughs) Uh, But, Mark, you knew it was going to be, at least I did, I knew it was going to be a crazy game. Once Reba McIntyre doubled the anthem and she took the under to over. Because when she sang Home of the Brave and for a full note, you're done. I stopped the stopwatch. I'm like, huh, buck 28 and a half. It's an under. Lee's daughter did it again. And then she decided, I'm going to sing Home of the Brave one more time. (sighs) 
No! I've started the Super Bowl with a loss. No! At least you were able to make the bet. They didn't have it on the Hard Rock app. I'd have taken some of our hard-earned money and would have lost it on that. Yeah, we'll tell you a little bit later on in the show. Uh, Miller and Moulton and Bally had a... The law firm of Miller, Moulton, and Bally had a hell of a Saturday at college basketball, and it could have been a retirement Saturday. I mean, we basically went 6-0 and and only bet four of them. Unbelievable. So, a lot to discuss on this Super Bowl Monday. Maybe one of these days, today will be President's Day. You know, they'll, they'll do the Super Bowl and then right into a national holiday. Now, Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes past the hour on this Super Bowl Monday. Hey, you know, don't be down. Uh, It's only 206 days until the next season kicks off. Uh, Come on, right around the corner. You know, it's like going to Wisconsin. Bada bing, bada boom. You know, to quote a 40-year-old movie. But uh, no problem. We got this. Uh, don't worry about it. But in case you don't, well, then we'll talk about the Super Bowl all show. Miller Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Uh, for what it's worth, we don't pick up the count until it gets to be around 100. Then we do a daily countdown. And the count is usually right around Memorial Day. So, yeah, uh-huh. I just, okay. I just don't want to depress you. Don't want, you know, especially that if hurt. you bet on the Niners. That hurt a little bit, Memorial Day. That's a long ways away, David. Uh, it seems it, but it just, it'll fly. It really will. I mean, we got the free agency. We got March Madness. We got the Masters. We got a draft. We got a lot of start of the baseball season. Okay, I know you keep hockey. advertising that as if, as if we care. Oh, come on. We do. Just not today. Just not today. Ah, uh, so um, all right. Well, let's let's get to it uh, because you know there's a lot to break down. So, did you enjoy the broadcast? I have learned this ability. I think I picked it up in my fifties, where I can just tune out the broadcast, and I largely tuned out the broadcast last night. Wow. Is that if I uh, if I drive uh, down to you, say uh, towards the end of the month, and spend a couple days with you, can I can I pay for your seminar? Yes. Okay, can you teach me that? Ignoring Tony oh, by Mark Miller. Golly, what a gift you have! You honestly, you should sell that. I I'll help market that for you. I really will. That's. Man, that's... Oh, this that's is a great game! I I couldn't believe that he wouldn't shut up after they scored the game-winning touchdown. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Uh, there are broadcast teams I know where if the analysts had done that, the play-by-play guy would have punched them in the middle of it. friend of mine's a giant Cowboys fan. Okay. So I, I've never really asked him point blank if he likes Tony Romo. I just assume that he loves Tony Romo. Sure. Because he is a diehard Cowboys fan. 
and there was a text chain going around with us last night that the Cowboys fan said, I get it's literally his job to talk, but Romo talks way too much. That's from a Cowboys fan. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's not my cup of tea, and I normally don't watch his broadcast and listen as intently as I felt like I had to because it's the Super Bowl, and we're going to talk about it for an entire show, basically. So, um, and I take notes during the Super Bowl because I write down the, the commercials, not the average ones that, you know, we're not going to remember or therefore want to talk about. But if a commercial's good, you know, like I think, eh, it's not bad. Okay, I'll write it down. You know, if a commercial's, man, that was creepy. That was awkward. Did they spend all that money on that? Yeah, I write those down. So um, I there are three different times here on my sheet. And I also write down the scores after every quarter. I did have a question. So does the 9-9 nine, nine square at the end of regulation, does that make anybody any money? Well, in, in every score, boy, you know, that, that pays off for every score it would. But right. most bo- I've never seen a board that paid off first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, and final score. It's well, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, final score. I understand, but that's because we've only had one other Super Bowl go to overtime. So I'm just wondering, like, you know, there are a couple of things that I wonder will come from this game. You know, will changes be made? One of them is with our, well, two of them are betting, okay? Is the anthem just going to be first note to last note? So if they decide they want to repeat lines, hey, because some betting services paid out the under on the anthem, some paid out the over, some paid both. So I think, you know, from a betting standpoint, we're going to have to clarify. So, okay, what ends the anthem? The first time they sing Home of the Brave? Or if they decide to repeat it, no, it's when they're done singing. I always thought the end of the song was when they were done singing. Yes, as painful as it was and it went over, to me that was an over. All right? But what I'm wondering is now going forward, when you do your squares – do you do first, second, third? Do you do fourth quarter and then final score? Do you allow for the overtime and then you hand out five winners? Because got to admit, that's a tough beat, man. That's a tough beat. You got double nines? Double nines. What are the odds that you're going to win money? And holy blank, at the end of the fourth quarter, it's 1919. I can't get a little something for the effort? Nothing? Ah oh, man. You know it's not your day when you had five and two on the board, but you had it the wrong way. <laughs> or you had six and two Kansas City, all right, and of course they don't have to kick the extra point because they won in overtime. Mm-hmm. Also, curious, how many of you bet the over-under? What'd you get it at? Now, the number that we quoted all week was 47 and a half, but we were last on the air 10 a.m. on Friday. ESPN bet had the over under at 46 and a half. Mark, I've got to, pardon the expression, bet that the over under was between 46 and a half and 47 and a half everywhere. What'd you get it at? 
nothing riding on this or anything, the final tally was 47 points. It's no big deal or anything what you get it at. And you could see this one coming when they're going overtime at 19 all. You're like, uh, this is probably going to get to 47. Oh, boy. So, you know, with the increase in gambling, I mean, what, nearly 40 states now have right. legalized sports betting? So, and obviously, you know, there's a few shekels bet on this game, legally and otherwise. I'm just wondering if now going forward, we're going to have to clarify a few things. That's all. And you're probably right that we will. But I have written down four different times on my, because I have a big yellow notepad, uh, the big one. Biggest one you can buy. And I'm taking notes. Four different times I wrote down on the notepad, shut up. I don't do that about any other sportscaster. And I know some people don't like the guys that I work for. I get it. This is just this is just personal preference. Shut up. God. Man. I don't know. It it's it I actually flipped over for a couple plays to Nickelodeon. Did you really? Yeah, I did. I, I was just like, I need a break. I got to watch, but I need a break. Was that Burleson? Who was doing Nickelodeon? Yeah. And I'm shocked it's Noah Eagle because he left CBS to go to NBC for the Big Ten Network. And they somehow he worked it out in his contract. He gets to do the Nickelodeon broadcast because Ian Eagle was doing the international feed. Do you know there was a whole separate feed just for Australia? Fowler, Orlovsky, Reddick, and our buddy John Perry uh, broadcast the game to Australia. That whole thing fascinates me. How many different broadcasts there were of the game? Right, you've got the Armed Forces Radio broadcast. I mean, then you get the national radio. Right, local radio. Right, then all the different television broadcasts. You got English. You got Spanish. You got a few other languages. I mean, how many of them are on site? How many of them are in a studio? Like our buddy John Perry. Okay, he worked the Super Bowl from a studio in Charlotte. I have no idea where, uh, you know, Fowler, Orlovsky, and Riddick were, but that's that's where our guy was. Uh, starting fives next. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. 22 minutes before the hour, top of the morning to you. How the heck are you? Longest Super Bowl ever. Nearly five full quarters. Mark, I don't know if you caught Sean McManus is the chairman. He's not even president. He's chairman of CBS Sports, and he's got the gig for two more months. He's retiring after the Masters. And so this was his final Super Bowl, and in amongst media circles, he's known. So he did some interviews last week. I don't know if you heard, you know, usually president of a sports division. Nobody's going to pay attention to what he said. So he was trying to have a little fun. You know, there are those that think, you know, the NFL's fixed. And so he, uh, in an interview last week, I think it was on uh, Sirius, on Mad Dog, he uh, he said, well, you know, um, I just got done talking to the NFL, and they assured me that for my final Super Bowl, we're going to go double overtime. Huh. 
was a play away. As they're driving down the field, I'm going, oh, my goodness, the conspiracy theorists are going to have a ball with this one. But Chiefs win, Niners lose. Back to you in the studio. Time now for... The Starting Five. Five stories you need to know. It's The Starting Five on Miller & Moulton. Here's number one. 25-22 in overtime. Second overtime Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan's been involved in both, and he's been on the wrong end of both. It's the third Super Bowl title in five years for the Chiefs. Does that mean we bring out the D word? Is that a dynasty? I think so. Mark, did you think the San Francisco Giants, when they won in 2010, 2012, 2014, were a dynasty in baseball? I didn't. Okay. When the Blackhawks won their Stanley Cups in 2010, 2013, and 2015, did you think the Blackhawks were a dynasty? I did not. Okay. There you go. Mark is a tough one. To be a dynasty. Do you think the Chiefs are a dynasty? Get back to us. I'll get back to you. Uh, first team to go back-to-back in 19 years since the Patriots did it in the 03 and 04 seasons. Mahomes wins the MVP for a third time. Brady's got five of those to go with his seven rings. Mahomes, 333 yards and two touchdowns passing. He also was the leading rusher in the game for the Chiefs with 66 yards. 399 total yards for Mahomes. And yet we all think the Niners' defense played really well. Uh, Missed extra point and a muffed punt cost the Niners dearly. Why did the Niners take the ball to start overtime when the new rules are each team will get the ball once? So obviously the Niners were matriculating the ball down the field, operating on three downs while the Chiefs knew what the scenario was going to be. Did they need points? If so, how many? And if they needed points, they knew they had four downs in which to get 10 yards. 49ers lost linebacker Drake Greenlaw to an Achilles injury running out onto the field. Does this end the turf grass controversy, by the way? Because he blew out his Achilles on a grass field under no stress whatsoever. Anyway, Kelsey, nine catches, 93 yards. Uh, McCaffrey had 160 total yards, 80 rushing, 80 receiving. I thought the Chiefs did a good job on him as a tailback. They did a really good job on him as a tailback. I had people screaming for San Fran to run the ball more. And you and I don't talk during really big games. What do you think I was yelling at the TV in the third quarter? Run the ball. You have the lead and you're not running the ball. Nope. What the heck? Why is that surprising to you? It's Kyle Shanahan. Because uh, it was the third quarter. All right. Okay. I, he, he's done that in a few fourth quarters. It really did surprise me that he did it in the third quarter. I mean, 
three three and outs, nine passing plays? You got to be kidding me. You're the Niners. Uh, Jawan Jennings, if they had won. He was the he MVP. Get... Okay, there you go. He threw a touchdown, caught a touchdown. Only Nick Foles in Super Bowl history had achieved that. 25-22 Chiefs in overtime. Uh, a couple other football notes. And they took place at various times from when we last signed off to us signing on now. Amazon's getting an NFL playoff game. Now, we don't know if uh, Peacock is getting another one either. But maybe they're just saying, ah, we threw Peacock a bone one year. Well, Amazon, we'll take your money the next. But clearly, the NFL, full steam ahead with streaming. So there. Now, we'll see who calls that NFL playoff game. To be honest with you, there are lots of noise out there that uh, Al and Kirk will not be the Amazon team for next year. We'll see. The Eagles gave Hassan Reddick permission to go seek a trade. The 29-year-old defensive end has had double-digit sacks each of the last two years. Uh, he's got one year and $15 million left on his contract. He wants a new deal, and the Eagles aren't giving him one, so he's unhappy. And the Eagles said, fine, go find yourself a deal. Uh, did you see the stunt that uh, the offense coordinator and the offensive line coach for Alabama pulled? So uh, Ryan Grubb was uh, Kalen DeBoer's offensive coordinator with the Washington Huskies. Now, he wanted the Washington job. They obviously didn't give it to him. So he followed DeBoer to Alabama. And he brought his line coach, Scott Huff, with him. Remember, Washington's offensive line won the Joe Moore Award as the best offensive line in the country. And for what it's worth, of all the college awards that are voted on, I don't know if there's the voting group that takes their vote more seriously than the Joe Moore Award. I mean, those former offensive linemen watch hours of tape. They're proud of it. They boast about it. Anyway, so, um, you know, Mark, they got this 30-day transfer rule in college football. You know, you, the coach leaves and you got 30 days in which you could transfer. Yeah, the 30-day period had just expired. And uh, apparently there was uh, pretty close to a wink-wink, nod-nod deal done between uh, these two guys, uh, Alabama and the Seattle Seahawks. Because now Grubb and Huff are uh, leaving their jobs with Alabama to go be the offense coordinator and offensive line coach with the Seahawks. So the kids from Washington who followed them to Alabama, eh, you're SOL. And there were a few of them. So, uh, yeah, remember, it's all about the kids. Uh, you know, just remember. Right. It's all about the kids. And with that in mind, Chip Kelly, uh, <laughs> he was the head coach of UCLA. They're going to be in the Big Ten next year. Well, we know Ohio State's going to be in the Big Ten next year. He left his job as head coach at UCLA to go be the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Uh, uh, are we sure that it just means more applies to the SEC or are we sure that Ohio State's not trying to claim that slogan that was the jaw drop off the table moment for me of the weekend David 
A lot of behind-the-scenes stuff there. Chip wanted a contract extension. He's wanted one for a while. The UCLA folks are said no. Chip had one more year with before his sizable buyout Okay, got reduced to nothing. Chip didn't get a contract extension for himself, but he got two-year contracts for all his coaches. Chip was rumored to be leaving for another offensive coordinator's job in the NFL a couple weeks ago. UCLA still wouldn't give him a new contract. So Chip Kelly said, fine, I know what you're doing here. You're going to fire me in a year. I got my coaches taken care of. I'm leaving. You guys can take your ball and shove it. So that's just what happened there. And Ryan Day and Chip Kelly go all the way back to the University of New Hampshire together. So uh, there you go. Uh, NBA, Celtics beat the Heat again. See, regular season, you bet the Celtics. Postseason, you bet the Heat. 110-106, Jimmy Butler didn't play. Celtics shot 51%. Miami's the eighth seed in the East. Uh, All-star breaks coming up, what, Thursday, Friday, something like that? They're going to take some time off. Uh, Celtics have the best record in the NBA, 41-12. Sacramento lost to OKC by 14. Men's college basketball, FAU needed overtime. The 20th-ranked Owls won at Wichita State, 95-82. A win and cover. Yes, thanks to the OT. And I stayed away from it. It fit our criteria. And I'm like, Wichita State's awful. We've been riding this. It's been working. It's been working. I'm going to take Sunday off. And I was kicking myself until the game went to overtime. Because it was ranked team on the road who's favored against unranked home dog. Unranked home dogs have been a covering machine. Hell, half the time they're winning straight up. We'll tell you about the Miller and Moulton Saturday special. Trust me, the Philly specials got nothing on us on Saturday coming up later in the show. But women's hoops is where it was at on the hard court yesterday, Mark. First off, normally women's college basketball, what story could be bigger than South Carolina and UConn? South Carolina whooped up the Huskies, who are shorthanded once again. They've got like four key players out with injuries second year in a row. Uh, South Carolina's 23-0. They won by 18. But the big story was Caitlin Clark in Iowa. He and they are, she and they are cruising. She's got 31 points through three quarters. She needs eight points in the fourth quarter to be the all-time leading scorer in women's college basketball history. Do you know how many points she scored in the fourth quarter? Zero. 0 for 6 in the fourth quarter, and Nebraska down 14, comes all the way back, outscores them by 17, and wins 82-79. Then there was this big brouhaha after the game. The losing team always talks first. They brought the Nebraska players in first. Iowa coach can be heard screaming and cursing in the hallway. This is BS. We got a plane to catch. Like, they're not going to wait for you. All right. But anyway, um, so Iowa lost. Second-ranked Hawkeyes lost. Uh, Thursday night, she'll set the record at home against Michigan. But the game will be on... Peacock. Peacock. Uh, Florida State women lost a double overtime to Notre Dame, 98-94. A couple of hockey scores. St. Louis beat Montreal, 7-2. You know Ovechkin scored in five straight games? Well, that's good because he didn't score in many of the first 50. He was just waiting Correct. for football season to fizzle out a little uh, bit. Yeah, I think so. Uh, 
Washington lost to Vancouver in overtime, but Ovechkin scored in five straight games. He's now 60 goals away from being uh, the all-time leading goal scorer. 60. Uh, golf, Canadian Nick Taylor wins the Phoenix Open, the drunken mess of a Phoenix Open. Oh, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's gotten, and I, I don't, whatever, do your thing, but that's gotten to the point where it's, it's obscene now. I've got a buddy who lived out in Phoenix for a couple of years, and we were talking about this over the weekend. He says that waste management open is a, it's like a frat party. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's the, the locals love it. Yeah, the golfers are yelling, if not cursing at the fans. The golfers, and they even took the, you know, Twitch, you know, whatever you want to call it, Twitter, X, and they're, they're, the one golfer called this a mm show, all right? Uh, I'm curious whether or not this is the one in which they're going to rein this in. They stopped selling beer Saturday afternoon during the third round. That's how unruly the fans got. And fans who had tickets... Apparently, they sold so many tickets, they actually kept paying customers out. That's how unruly it got over the weekend. Uh, Nick Taylor beats Charlie Hoffman in a playoff. He wins a million and a half bucks. Meanwhile, in Vegas, Dustin Johnson wins on the LIV Tour. He wins $4 million. And you wonder why guys went to the LIV Tour. Hell, they only had to play 54 holes. Uh, nobody knows who this guy is, but he has the world record in the marathon. His name's Kelvin Kipton. He's 24 years old. He was killed in a car crash last night in Kenya. Sorry to end on that note. It's seven minutes before the hour. That was... That was the starting five every weekday morning at this time on Miller and Moulton. So there you go. I think the Waste Management Phoenix Open, well, first off, it lived up to its name this weekend. The Wasted Management Phoenix Open. Very nice. Well done, Mark. Well done. Miller and Moulton, thanks for listening.